0: Welcome to the Delve Into Money podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. This is the personal finance podcast where we attempt to demystify money by reviewing books and applying what we learn to our own financial journeys. Thank you so much for listening to episode number 48 of the Delve Into Money podcast. Today, we're going to do a flashback episode to episode number five, where I talk about Uh, How to Create Better Money Habits Without Relying on Willpower Motivation. And we're doing this because I didn't have a chance to record because of some personal things that came up. And some of these early episodes are not as listened to as they could be. And this was one of my favorites. So without further ado, here is uh, the episode number five, where I kind of talk about the book, Tiny habits. Today we're going to talk about the book Tiny Habits and we're going to talk about behavioral design and we're going to talk about how this applies to your personal finances. The great thing about this book, the great thing about behavioral design is that you don't have to rely on willpower. You don't have to rely on creating accountability. You won't have to rely on your motivation. And there's not a magic number of days out there where you have to stick to this habit to make it stick. And if you fail that one day, you're off the train, right? So we've all heard of these things. We've all tried to use our own willpower, our own internal power to, to make a habit stick, to make something new that we're trying stick. We've all tried the route of accountability, even say posting stuff on social media, trying that. We've all tried to rely on our own internal motivation where we get real pumped up about something. We get real excited about something. But then when that motivation fades, what happens is that habit drops off. And then we've also heard it's 66 days or whatever, 45 days, whatever the number is that you've heard. There's a lot of different studies out there that say that it takes a specific amount of time for a habit to stick. And while that may not be completely untrue, That's not the baseline that we should be using for building new habits. And so BJ Fogg talks about addressing habits through the lens of behavioral design and what that means for you. And we're going to talk today about what that means for your finances. The basic idea in this book is you want to take a behavior, make it tiny, find where it fits naturally in your life, and nurture its growth. With the tiny habits method, you focus on small actions that you can do in no less than 30 seconds. BJ Fogg has a lot of clout when it comes to this topic. This book is a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, just every list bestseller. I read it when it first came out, and I was really impressed with it. There's another book of a similar vein called Atomic Habits, which is probably a little bit more widespread. But I found this book to be more helpful because of the scientific way it went about talking about it and how that made application of those things just a little bit easier. BJ Fogg is a habit expert uh, who is at Stanford University and he has been talking about this method for 15 plus years, been teaching this method in classrooms. There's apps like Instagram and And other things that he's taught the people this method that have created these products based off of this behavioral design method. And it helps you build habits quickly and easily. BJ has tested this method with over 40,000 people. So it's tried and true over a long period of time. The idea with tiny habits is that you'll increase productivity by tapping into positive emotions to create a happier and healthier life. Uh, and he's extremely practical. So let's talk about this behavioral design that he has created. You can use the acronym BMAP, and this is the basis of what this, what this method is. So BMAP is behavior Equals the combination of your motivation, your ability, and a prompt. So, a good example of this is an example that's used in the book is the behavior is we made a donation to the Red Cross via text message. The motivation is that you want to help the victims of whatever is going on, whatever prompted that text message. The ability is that it's very, very easy to reply to a text message and the prompt is that the Red Cross texted you. If the prompt doesn't happen, no matter what your motivation, no matter what the ability, the action, the behavior is not going to happen. So maybe that prompt instead of the Red Cross texting you could be you watching an ad or it could be the news, right? You've previously interacted with the Red Cross. So you know, instead of instead of it being a text you receive, It's you going to their website and making the donation. There's an infinite number of combinations, which is what is great as you break this down and think about it is because there's no one way to build a habit to create a behavior that you want to create. We have three takeaways and we're going to talk about how each of those will apply to you financially and things that you can do. Takeaway number one. So what is a tiny habit? How can we make this happen in our lives? The thing is, we are not the problem. Our previous habit designs are the problem. What a freeing thought this is. So to implement a tiny habit, we need to understand the anatomy of tiny habits. So we wanna start With what does a tiny habit look like? In the book, he talks about how a tiny habit starts with an anchor moment. This is an existing routine or event that happens that creates the starting point for the new tiny behavior. The second step of the tiny habit is the actual behavior itself. It's a simple version of the new habit you want that just helps you get started. And this is to immediately follow the anchor moment. And then the third and final step of the anatomy of a tiny habit is the instant celebration. And it's a thing that you do to create a positive emotion to encourage you to repeat the tiny behavior. So the way that this would look is if you're wanting to, say, add in flossing to your routine, the anchor moment is when you're brushing your teeth. And so you would create an anchor moment where you say, when I set down my toothbrush, I will pick up the floss. Picking up the floss is that new, tiny behavior. You may choose to not floss at that point, but once you've picked up the floss, you're gonna have the motivation, potentially, or most likely, to go ahead and floss those teeth. And then the celebration is, you know, I don't know what's going to be motivating to you, but it could be a funny little tick, like making a mouth noise. Ah, you know, whatever it is, just the freshness associated with the behavior of flossing. I kind of feel like the celebration period is um a little bit cheesy. So I want to lean into that cheesiness and create a cheesy celebration. Just my opinion. You can do it however you want. When it comes to creating successful habits and changing our behaviors, we are extremely hard on ourselves. And a lot of times that stops us from achieving those. So the great thing, they're actually the thing that we should do before we even embark on this journey of creating a new habit as we need to stop judging ourselves. We need to embrace the mistakes and embrace the discoveries and use them to move forward. This anatomy that we just talked about, an anchor moment, tiny behavior, an instant celebration, this is not gonna come naturally at first. They're gonna be false starts, but we wanna push through those false starts and we want to continue to adjust the way we're approaching to better fit the outcome that we're trying to get. Some things that we try are just not going to work. We want to take the aspiration or the thing that we're shooting after, find an anchor moment we can attach it to, attach a tiny behavior related to that aspiration to the anchor moment, and then implement and push forward. Embrace the discoveries we make along the way. Tweak and try new things. So the, the financial application that I would that I would give for you here is there are going to be financial goals that you want to achieve in your life. Whether that be creating an emergency fund and setting up to have three to six months of expenses, whether that be cutting down your spending, whether that be stopping from eating out, we want to think about what our long-term goals are, things that are not achievable today. Because I think a lot of times we get overwhelmed by these long-term goals because we can't achieve them quickly. But if we look at those long-term goals, the question that we need to ask is, what can I start today to help me achieve those things tomorrow? So if your goal is to come up with three to six months for an emergency fund. We want to examine your bills, right? Because you're thinking, what is stopping me from creating that emergency fund? It's probably going to be spending that is a little bit out of control. It could just be that you're not setting aside money for that purpose, right? So it's because it's the thing where if because the money is available, it just gets spent. So two things, two real simple actions that you could do is you could examine the bills, you could you could go take a stack of your bills, you could go look through your credit card statements and you can examine your bills and help yourself identify what might be spending that you're not needing or is not necessary to have. Another example would be to go and automatically set up a transfer from your bank account to a savings account to take the money out of your bank out of your your reach your immediate reach and set it on a schedule to where it monthly sets aside money so you can build up that fund if you're paying off debt if that's a long-term goal that you have you could try similar actions right you could examine your spending find ways that you could cut back You could set up an automatic payment to just increase the payment that you're making by $25, by $50, whatever you feel comfortable doing. It's taking the action today that is going to help you get there. Another example that's going to be common is we want to spend less money on food, right? It's one of the big categories in our budgets and what we spend and we realize we're eating out too much. This eating out is stopping us from saving money, stopping us from reaching our financial goals, but it's also stopping us from our health goals, right? I'm sure that can be true for a lot of different people. To identify and look at, this is my long-term goal, I want to lose this weight, or I want to save for this vacation, or I want to to whatever this goal is down the road, and I realize that eating out is a, hindrance to reaching that goal. So the question then becomes what is the anchor moment that you can attach a new tiny behavior to that will help stop you from eating out, help make better money decisions, better food decisions. It could be if as you look at it that you're making bad food decisions because you're not planning. So it could be that you every morning when you get up, say, my current routine is to go do my Bible study. So it should be when I close my Bible, I'm going to plan out my meals for the day. Or it could be before you leave for the grocery store, you write out a meal plan for the week. Whatever that looks like for you, you can think of the tiny action that you can take, the things that you can do, to help improve your decision-making in those ways. I've just given a few examples right here. You're gonna to have to find what applies and what's helpful in your life. Takeaway number two, when we want to implement a new habit, the struggle is always understand how we're going to do it. But a lot of times our motivation and our willpower, the shortcomings that we find in those, impede our progress. We can use tiny habits to overcome your willpower and motivation shortcomings and unlock the power of actions and moments that are already a part of your daily routine. We talked about this in the last point that we want to create the tiny behavior, but what is a tiny behavior? A tiny behavior is something that we can focus on that can be done in less than 30 seconds. We have to realize that motivation and willpower are unreliable, so tiny habits, something that takes less than 30 seconds, is such a low commitment that it can override that motivation and willpower shortcoming. But to unlock the power of tiny habits, we need to connect the habit to a prompt that you are already doing in your daily routine, and this is what we called the anchor. When something is tiny, it's easy to do, which means that you do not have to rely on the unreliable nature of motivation. As you go through a day, motivation is going to ebb and flow. At one point in the day, your motivation is going to be super high. At another, it's going to be super low. I can think of this like I do when I would go to the gym in the morning. I had days where I wanted to go and where I didn't want to go. A lot of times I could override that lack of motivation and end up at the gym because my motivation was low, but it was not at the bottom of the tank. But I knew that if I waited to the end of the day to try and get that workout in, that motivation would be at the bottom of the tank and it was less likely that I was going to go do that action. So I knew that by scheduling to do my workout in the morning, while I may only do it four out of six times or five, you know, five out of 10 times that I was going to do it, if I scheduled it for the evenings, I would maybe only do it two out of 10. So understanding how my motivation ebbed and flowed, I was able to build the habit that I had the most success fulfilling. The other thing is, is, is motivation towards an aspiration or abstract concept is not gonna lead you to results. And I think this is why a perfect example is with weight loss that we fail. 30 pounds is an abstract goal. It's an abstract result at the end of a lot of action. So if we set our goal at 30 pounds, The motivation is going to be hard to come by. So we need to create something that's going to increase our motivation that's going to be a more short-term payoffs. I'm going to link to this in the show notes. BJ Fogg has a behavioral model chart that he created that I felt like was super helpful in identifying how the map part of the B map equation. So remember, we talked about behavior equals the combination of motivation, prompt, and ability. And he has a chart that on the left-hand side, it's a line chart. On the left-hand side, you have motivation with the lower uh, section being when we have low motivation, the higher end being high motivation. On the bottom, he has ability. So you have motivation on the left, ability, on the bottom and then the prompts are what happens while you know whatever happens the prompt is on the chart he then adds an action line so a line and it's it's a line that starts at the very high side and then dips down creates a little valley and then goes to the far right hand side of the chart i'm sure this is a horrible explanation so So click on the show notes to find this diagram. But when our motivation is low and something is hard to do, that's going to be at the far bottom left of the chart. And that's well below the action line. If our motivation is extremely high and something is hard to do, it could still fall below The action line, because even with a prompt, it's going to be so hard to do that we won't do it. But if it becomes a little bit easier to do and our motivation is high, we're going to end up doing it when the prompt happens. If something is extremely easy to do and we have low motivation, we may still do it just because of how easy it is. An example of this is if the fast food place is on your way, on your drive home. From work, it's easy to do. Our motivation is low, so when we are prompted by it, we may pull in and get whatever treat it is that we're desiring. And so the the key is is that we want to have motivation high enough, and make it easier to do is going to mean that we're more likely to act when the prompt comes to us. To add to this. As we do behaviors, they become more easy and they move to the right on the scale. So, something that initially, when you start maybe working out, maybe you made it a little bit easier. Maybe instead of going to the gym, you're doing it at home and maybe you're choosing the morning. So, your motivation is maybe mid level. The ability to do it is mid level. So, it's just above the action line. But as you work out at home, you do it day one, you do it day two, it starts to inch further right on the chart because it gets easier to do. Your motivation is not changing, but the easier it is to do, the further above that action line it gets and the more consistent you can be at following through with whatever that habit is that you're trying to develop. So I felt this was a super helpful chart to look at. I felt that there was a lot to pull from this, a lot to take away from this. So let's talk real quick about the steps in behavioral design and we'll jump on this and then we'll move on to point number three. Step number one is we want to clarify our aspirations, right? If we have an unclear aspiration out there that goes to what I mentioned earlier, it's going to be hard to get motivated to do it because we don't know what that action looks like today. So if we clarify it to something more concrete, more close to us, we can get more motivated to do that action. Step number two is we want to explore the behavior options. So this is troubleshoot, identify what things that you could do behaviorally that would help you reach that aspirational goal. So step number three is we then want to match with a specific behavior. So we want to identify the behaviors that we want to do. Step number four is we want to start tiny. So we want to identify the tiny steps that we could take that would get us moving towards those behaviors. Step number five is we want to find a good prompt to match that tiny habit with. Once we find that good prompt, we act on it, we then celebrate the successes that we have. And then step number seven is we want to troubleshoot, iterate, and expand. So there's never going to be a perfect solution the first time around. So we want to see what worked, see what didn't, and we want to adjust, iterate, and expand that habit so that we do more we continue to improve, and we continue to make progress. So I'll go through the steps one more time. Number one, clarify your aspiration. Number two, explore behavior options. Number three, match with specific behaviors. Number four, start tiny. Number five, find a good prompt. Number six, celebrate successes. Number seven, troubleshoot, iterate, and expand. So let's talk about steps to creating these new changes, these new behaviors, these new habits. But first I want to jump back and I want to talk about how do we create changes in our lives? Because changes happen a a handful of different ways, right? If we have an epiphany, a moment where something clicks, that will most likely cause a change because it's a it's a kind of dramatic moment, a moment that you're gonna remember in your history. It could be an example using weight loss, just as an e- just because they're easy examples. It could be that you have a health scare that finally makes something click that you're gonna lose the weight that you need to lose. Another way that we create change is we do it by changing our environment. A good example of this is moving. Whenever We moved from one house to the next. You would think your routines would be the same, but because our environment changed, I had to reestablish that workout routine. And frankly, I didn't do a good job of it. Another example of changing of our environment is the pandemic, which we all just went through. The pandemic resulted in the changing of our normal routines, which meant that we either created new Good habits or new bad habits, or a combination of both. For us, the pandemic meant that instead of going to the gym, we were walking. So we were able to replace a habit. We were able to find something enjoyable. And I know a lot of people did this exact same thing. For many of you, your habit was getting up and going into work, but now it became you're sitting at home and working from there. So maybe your lunch habit changed because you had a different environment and instead of being at work, you were now at home, you now had things readily at your fingers. So this could be good, right? It could be good because instead of going to eat at a restaurant, you were eating what you had at home, but it could be bad because maybe instead now you were snacking, gaining weight. A third way that we can create change is what the whole premise of this book is based off of. And it's the really one artificial way that we can create change pretty easily. But that is to change our habits and create tiny steps so that we gradually make our way and we create new sequences that are easy to do, easy to be motivated, easy in ability, and we can align them with the prompts. The sequence that BJ Fogg talks about and is something that I think is going to be extremely helpful when we apply them to our finances is he has a statement says after I blank this blank being a behavior you already do I will blank this blank being develop a new habit whatever that new habit is after I brush my teeth and lay down my toothbrush I will pick up the floss. This is a great example of a new habit that will be easy to implement because your motivation, you're already there. The motivation is low. Even if the motivation is low, the ability is already there because it's going to be right next to your toothbrush. So we want to identify the things that we want to override, what precedes it, and then take the next step. A way that we can apply this to our finances is say that we're spending money that we're not aware that we're spending. It could be that after we check out in the grocery store, we're not recording or we're not remembering what expenses we have or after we go out to eat or whatever that looks like. So we could create a habit that when we sit down, we record our expense. So when we sit down in the car after the grocery store, we'll go into our app or whatever it is and we'll record the expense or record what we did. When we go out to eat, it's after you check out and sit down at a booth at a chair that you record that expense. We want to create these triggers that immediately after a specific behavior, and it's something that you're going to do consistently in the situations that you find yourself in. You will be able to then take the I will step and do that new habit. Another example, personal finance example that we can talk about is whenever we have payday and we receive our paycheck, maybe you get your check stub. Maybe you go online and you check what that looks like. You could say, after I receive my paycheck, I will go transfer money. To pay off this debt, to do whatever that looks like. Now, we definitely want to automate, so I'm not suggesting you don't automate, but there is some power in creating these sequences in ways that will help you make all of these choices second nature. Another example that we could use is we said, after, say, you're at a store and you have an urge to buy something, you could say, let me sleep on it. Every time you feel that urge, you could say, let me sleep on it. Or every time you feel that urge, you could text your spouse and say, this is what I'm thinking about buying. What do you think? Or it could be that when you have that urge, you create a sequence to walk out of the store. Whatever that looks like, after I have that urge, I will turn away and walk the other direction. Another example of a sequence you could, could make is after I lock my car when I'm going into work, I will think about the number one task I need to complete for that day. So when I click the lock button, either you know on in the car or on the little remote, the clicking of the lock button at your office creates the thought. What is my number one priority for the day? So it gets you in that right mindset. Another thing personally is when you get home, it could be clicking that lock button on that car. The next step at home is what do I love? Think about what do I love about my spouse, about my children, whatever that looks like. So you're putting... The thoughts in your head that are going to trigger a positive reaction or reaction that gets you to the result that you want. So you need to think about what things can I do? What after specific actions could I create? And I will a new habit that would incentivize your goals, the things that you want to do when it comes to your personal finances. That could be budgeting. That could be investing that could be just something that you forget to do. I don't know that this is a good one but it's one I thought of. So again, these are just examples that that you can use. After I lay in bed, I pull out my phone and go to my budget app, right? That's going to create a sequence of things that you will do on a daily basis that's going to be reliable for you to take the steps to stay on top of your money. All of these are extremely personal, so it can be hard for me here in this this moment to come up with specific things that are going to help you because everyone's days are different, everyone's routines are different, everyone's goals are different. But BJ Fogg has on his website a recipe maker for new tiny habits. And this will have a lot of great examples that you can learn from and that you can try and apply. I also have the book right here. And I'm going to go through a few examples that he has for staying focused. The ones that I felt like were extremely helpful. It says, after I walk in the door at work, I will switch my phone to airplane mode And store it in my backpack. And so that could be store it, you know, wherever it be that you're not going to have easy access to it. After I set my backpack down, I will pick up an important task that I want to do immediately. After I pick my important task, I will clear my desk of all distractions. After I clear my desk, I will set a timer for 45 minutes. After I set my timer, I will put on my headphones to signal to others that I shouldn't be disturbed. After I put on my headphones, I will close all unnecessary windows on my computer. After my timer goes off, I will list what my next task should be and take a break. So again, this is a perfect example of a number of a sequence that he has created that will trigger one thing after another that end up from him walking into the door at work to him getting 45 minutes of work done before he takes a break, before he gets distracted with anything else. I would love to hear some examples that you might have for your personal finances in this. I hope that you can can meditate on the things that you might want to do in your own life to create these habit sequences that will help you get you to the results that you need. So I want to thank you for joining me today here for this episode on tiny habits. Until next week, remember Healthy financial decisions are intentional financial decisions. Intentional decisions this week lead to a healthy financial future. Start today and see you next week.